What are we discussing on today's podcast, you ask? Well, it's Wednesday, so that means it's crossover time with Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres discussing different scenarios if Shohei Otani was to be moved to the NL West. And then we're drafting the best team possible based off trade deadline targets, discussing all that on today's Locked on Diamond. Welcome in. Into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? Always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there you can see my latest work from my packages to my articles and my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CareerThomas24 for my personal account. Or just look up Locked on Dimebacks on Twitter, Instagram for the, pod- <clears throat> for the podcast handle. And thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube channel. And don't forget, this episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And now, further ado, let's bring on the man of the hour, Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres. And about halfway recording that intro, I realized I had my microphone backwards, so the audio probably sounded pretty terrible in the first 30, 45 seconds of that intro. So I'm sorry to anyone who had to listen to that, but now I got the mic correctly adjusted, and now we are off and rolling. Javier, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, is it possible that maybe we should have, uh, you know, I mean, we're off to a weird start, I will say, <laughs> with our crossover for this week. You're recording in the middle of a undisclosed location, you know, preparing for a, yeah. a security mission. I don't know. MI6 mission. I don't know what's going on with you over here. But uh, I'm really excited to do what will be probably whatever our most, like, relevant drafts. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like one that actually is is pretty important for uh, the next couple of weeks with the whole jury, trade deadline targets thing. And as always, it's a blast, man. And unlike you, I, I'm, I'm just happy to be in super great quality. You know, I'm not struggling out here. I got the <laughs> mic set up. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm, I'm making these man. roasts right now because I actually think I'm going to get killed in this draft. So that's why I have to get my, my digs in early before it's too late. Man, the fam just caught a stray for not getting the Wi-Fi extender in my bedroom. The <laughs> Wi-Fi for the YouTube audience is not looking strong. The audio, the, the audio is going to be good if you're listening on, you know, audio only. If you're at least watching the YouTube video, the audio is going to be good. But the quality of the video itself, Avi looks fantastic. But me, I'm probably looking a little choppy and a little grainy here today. But it's okay. We're going to power through. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing a little draft, like Javi said, relevant. Because last week we did, you know, our drafting the best city the best and worst city connect jerseys and that one you could have done in the offseason you could you could have done that one at any time but this one Mm -hmm. drafting trade deadline targets we got to do this one right now but before we get into that draft we first got to talk about the biggest trade deadline target because he's not going to be eligible in our draft because he just too od as a player and that is shohei otani i just want to talk a little bit about him with you javi because we just saw 
I don't know if you saw, but there was like a tweet yesterday saying Artie Moreno is not going to be trading Shohei Otani to the Los Angeles Dodgers. And so that makes me feel pretty good as an NOS, you know, rival of that team, the Arizona Diamondbacks. But what, you know, what do you still put the chances of Otani getting traded to the NOS? Maybe the D-backs, I talked about on my podcast yesterday, like they got the pieces. I don't know if they would think Otani wants to sign here long-term. I don't know if they would want to give him the money long-term, but I think on paper it makes sense. A team like the Padres, A.J. Preller, always super aggressive. I know it hasn't been this year, hasn't been their year this year, but if you go into next season with a Machado, a Tatis, Otani, a Soto, or Bogarts, like, yeah you're going to be probably the favorite in the NOS. Or, you know, the San Francisco Giants, they're always a team that's just missing that one superstar. And they tried to get the Carlos Correa this past season. They tried to get the Aaron Judge. Maybe they make it all in play for the Shohei Otani. And you can't forget the championship or bust Colorado Rockies, right? I mean, you probably can't forget them. But what are the chances you still think, if any, Otani can get <laughs> traded to the NOS division? I think that so the Padres came out and AJ Peller basically said that acquiring a superstar isn't exactly the route they're going to take. They're probably going to go around the edges if they do decide to buy the deadline. I personally find that this is just a really odd deadline for the Padres because they could completely dictate the market. But I don't think that they're going to be major sellers. I think they're going to try and get yourself some relievers and just kind of hope for the best, I think. And I don't know if that's a great strategy, but it seems like barring them really like dropping the next like i don't know like seven of their next nine games then it looks like they'll be mild buyers so that takes them out and if they're really not going to trade them to the dodgers which i appreciate then that takes the dodgers out that leaves teams like san francisco and yours uh unless for some reason the rockies which i know it sounds crazy but crazier things have happened like you know how weird the rockies yeah. are they're they're so dumb that they would trade their entire farm for half a season of Otani and not and be even worse off than the angels but uh in all seriousness i don't know i mean the giants are swinging for a big fish right like they want to get one you saw it this past off season so it wouldn't surprise me if they try going for it it's gonna be tricky though right because i think that you know farhan zaidi over there he's ready to make a move i just don't know if they would rather just be like let's wait until the off season to try and get him. Uh, and then the Dodgers, I think that they just have so many options. I think, I don't think they need Otani um, in, in the grandest kind of ways. I think that their buying philosophy, which we'll talk about in a little bit, might just be to get some other starting pitchers that are being undervalued, maybe across the market currently. Um, you know, your Jordan Montgomery's guys like that. I think that could happen, but I don't know, man, we'll see. I think it would be really fun if, if he went to, the Diamondbacks or the Giants. I know that sounds, you know, like ridiculous coming from the Padres fan, but I just don't think that they're going to make that move. Um, and also we have our own set of superstars. So in theory, we don't need another one. Um, but whatever, oh. wherever he goes, look, man, if just he is traded, this deadline will be awesome. Uh, it's supposed to be a quiet yeah. market, but maybe it won't be. Uh, maybe it's having that like late resurgence of, oh, it's actually getting a little bit spicier now. It's weird because the, teams that were supposed to be selling are actually buyers uh, that we thought wouldn't be heading into this, this trade deadline market. But I'm curious to see how it goes because the return on him is going to be so fascinating, right? There's a potential Miller that some team might be out there. Who's like, let's try him out at closer. <laughs> like it's totally possible that they might want to try and do that for him. And I, I'm going to be really curious to see how it pans out. Like, again, I, I really could see like 
you know, one of those big boy teams that are already really good, you know, your Rangers, your, your, um, your, your Rays, stuff like that, where they're like, oh, well, maybe if we don't want him to start, we can have him be a relief pitcher sometimes. You obviously shouldn't do that because he's a great starter, but I'm just saying he's, there's, we haven't had a player who fits literally every team uh, hit the market uh, like this, I think, in a long time. Juan Soto was the youngest, most rare player to be on the market, I think, in a lot of ways, but, the fact that anyone could use Otani, anyone can use him in any role, I think adds to it. You know, you got the universal DH, thank God. So that's makes him right. a, a buy for um, potential. I know, right? Seriously. You know how you know how stupid it was watching Blake Snell just watch three strikes down the middle looking like a doofus and it wasn't his fault. It was the dumbest thing in the world. I cannot believe people thought that that was fun. Um, More yeah, strategy, Javi. What do you mean? <laughs> Yeah, the more the strategy, strategy of, was uh, always terrible. It just didn't make any sense. Like, oh, wait, let me guess. What's the strategy? Oh, we're going to bunt with this pitcher? Yeah, that's what you're going to do. You're going to use them to bunt every single time. It's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, very stupid. And um, the whole, like, Otani narrative right now with the trade deadline, like, whoever trades for Otani has to have some level of assurance he wants to stay there long term and you have to be comfortable putting up the money because no one is going to trade the price tag that's going to get for Otani. No one's going to give up that Soto level deal knowing he could potentially just be a two month rental and hit free agency. Whoever trades for Otani has to assume he's going to be in the building the next decade plus or whatever. Right. So. If you're the Angels, I wonder if how much that limits you because, like, what kind of package realistically can you get? If you told me Otani was under contract the next three to four years, then, yeah, pretty much every team's top ten prospects in their farm system. Like, you could trade the whole top ten for Shohei Otani. But knowing he is potentially just a two-month rental, I wonder if the Angels can even find a deal that would even make sense for a Shohei Otani, or does he just get sold super low just because you see it like with Manny Machado and the Baltimore Orioles, right? Like people were saying you should have traded him a year or two prior instead yeah. of trading him right before he hit free agency because then you don't get as much return on value. So I wonder if we're going to see the same thing when it comes to the LA Angels and show Otani just because if I don't get that long-term assurance, how can I be confident in giving up every blue chipper I have for Shohei Otani? It's, it's a great point. It's a great point. And I think that, Granted, he is the player that's worth it that we've ever seen, even if it's just a rental because of his viability on both sides um, of the diamond. But uh, to quote Mina Kimes being like, look, you're going to be remembered as the ownership of the team that couldn't win with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. You don't also want to be known as the team that couldn't win with them. And then you also let them go for nothing. Um, And I think that that's the case here. So I think they're going to try and at least get something. If there was ever a rental that could get you premium prospects, it would be this guy. Um, look, I, I think that it would be really fun if he went to like a team that's on the up and up, like like a Diamondbacks, like a Reds. I think that that would be so much fun if he went to the Cincinnati Reds who are like, you know what? We really like a team like the Reds will never get a player like Otani to sign for them. Right. So why not do a trade for him? And you're already first place. Maybe you could just have the ultimate run of all time and you still have a pretty stacked farm. Obviously, they're not trading, you know, Ellie De La Cruz, but. You know, you have him, you have Otani. That that could just be really fun if they kind of found a way to do that at the deadline. D-backs, a little bit of the same thing. Like these up-and-coming teams that probably aren't going to be able to get him in their price range anyway. So why not just try it this way? I, I think that that would be totally it's, – it's a, it's a fascinating idea because you are getting batter and um, pitcher 
I think that there's a lot more teams secretly that might be in on this. I, I think we shouldn't underestimate the that just because they can't sign him that they might not want to um, trade for him. Uh, maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just trying to prop up the MLB deadline. You know what I mean? Try to get excited, trying to get hyped. But uh, I really do. I, I think that more teams than we think, I think, are going to be in on this guy um, than typical for big name free agents just or trade deadline targets because they're becoming free. Like you mentioned with the Orioles and and Machado, where it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, he gets traded to the Dodgers because that team doesn't mind if he does walk because they're the Dodgers and they can afford anybody. And then they can also resign him. So I think um, it, it's the story of the deadline, though, and I can't wait. And do, do you think he's getting traded? Do you think it's going to happen? Do you think we're getting the passing bomb, you know, like at, at two o'clock p.m., like an hour before the deadline? What do you think? I, I really don't know because I think it would be the smartest for the Angels to trade show Otani because I don't think he's coming back next season. Um, when when the Angels get eliminated, you know, in the first week of September, I don't think Otani's going to want to come back to that situation. I even think Mike Trout might be in his ear like, hey, listen, I, I resigned for the 10-year $400 million deal. Listen, it's not worth the money. Just go out there and try to win some baseball games and don't be stuck <laughs> in baseball mediocrity the rest of your career. So I don't think Otani's going to resign, but I also don't know like i think teams would want to trade otani but i think the price tag is going to matter to a lot of these teams my favorite honestly otani conspiracy just because this fan base the 180 that they were due from the shallows and the wallows that they've been in the last couple years knowing that they got Mm -hmm. shohei otani otani to the boston red sox after you trade mookie Betts away you let those xander bogarts go you do this whole weird thing the last couple free agency where you act like you're uh, making no money you act like you're one of the cheapest teams in baseball then all of a sudden you're ponying up 500 million for shohei otani the fan base would just go crazy the 180 by that fan base i think would be really incredible but Real quick, before we wrap up segment number one, with Artie Moreno talking about how he's not going to trade Otani to the Dodgers, how do you just feel about that as a philosophy overall when it's like two teams in the same city or two mm-hmm. rival teams and they're saying, like, we saw it with the, like, the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard. They were like, we're not trading Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers under no circumstance, <laughs> even though the Lakers would have given up more than any other team for Kawhi Leonard and they ended up getting you know a pretty mid-package back. Like, if you're the Angels, if a team is offering you maybe less than the Dodgers, would you take that deal just because you want to spite the Dodgers? Or is this like some kind of ploy where it's like, I'm saying I'm not trading to the Dodgers, knowing the Dodgers are going to come back to the table and maybe offer a few more pieces. And then at that mm-hmm. point, I'll accept the deal. So I don't know if this is a leverage tactic by Moreno or if he's really like, no matter what, they could offer every prospect they have. They could offer Will Smith, Mookie Beth. I'm still not doing the deal to the Dodgers. So how do you feel overall about that kind of philosophy we see sometimes with rivals and trades? I think that the fact that he said it publicly gives credence to your point that like this might just be a negotiating mm-hmm. tactic. I also think that I here's my, my take on the whole like trading within your division or whatever it is. I think it is awesome. I think it is so fun okay. and it gives sports meaning and life that we have people being so petty that they're like, we refuse to trade, say, a Red Sox player to the Yankees or the Yankees player to the Red Sox. I think it is awesome. And I think this is another layer of pettiness because the Angels and the Dodgers aren't even the same conference or I, I guess uh, same league, you know, American League and National League. So that would just you be petty based on the city. I love it, though. Is it smart? Absolutely not. You just mentioned the Kawhi Leonard thing with the Lakers. Like, I don't th- I think you should be getting the best deal for your team. No, no, like fan is going to be like, wow, 
it was really annoying when you trade that player to our rival, even though we got awesome prospects from it and we're like better off. It's really bad that you gave it. No, 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 no. You want to beat the rival. You don't really care about giving them a player necessarily. But again, I love it though. I love the pettiness. I want it more. Right. I want to get reports that it's like the Padres turned down, you know, 10 top 10 prospects for Juan Soto just because the Dodgers asked for him. I think it's fun. I think it's great for the sport. I think it's great for sports in general. But I would say for teams, uh, it is very much not smart to avoid uh, better deals, particularly when it's like in this case with the Angels and Dodgers. It's not like you're going to be playing against Otani nonstop. Right. At least with the in-division thing, yeah. it's like, wow, like we're hurting ourselves by giving away that player and he gets to do it against us. So I get that part. But again, man, I I, I think it would be a blast. But I, I think it's a tactic. If you're going to be this public, like why be public like that? I think it's a little weird. Yeah, I absolutely love the increased pettiness. And we see, you know, the good and bad from that pettiness because like when Damon went from the Red Sox to the Yankees and he was like, oh, yeah, the Yankees, they really know how to do a good over there. Like that hurt Boston Red Sox fans. But then when you see like Jacoby Ellsbury go from the Red Sox to Yankees and he just is <laughs> absolutely terrible for his whole time in New York as a Red Sox fan, you're like, yeah, you want to go to a better situation. Look what happened to you. The grass is always greener. So those are some positives and negatives they can see um, yeah. from both sides size but that was a cool 20 minutes on otani and the nos how about we get into a little draft now drafting the best team based on trade deadline targets but before we get there javier reyes i first need to tell our listeners about a new sponsor called dave because Dave would have been so useful when I got hit with that expensive parking ticket or that unexpected vet bill, and especially for that car service light that has been on for months. Thankfully, Dave is here to help with extra cash because Dave is the banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you get it up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. Download Dave today at dave.com slash MLB. That's dave.com slash MLB. You get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash MLB for terms and conditioning. Go to dave.com slash legal eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply banking services provided by evolve member fdic and don't forget to catch every d-backs pitch and padres pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the serious xm app and search up either diamondbacks or padres all right, all right, all right. Back here on the Locked on Diamondbacks crossover with Locked on Padres host Javier Reyes. And now it's time to draft Javi because we're drafting the best team on trade deadline targets. You did have a little discussion before this uh, podcast about clarification. Are we drafting a team based off guys who we think is going to be moved at the deadline? No, we're just going to draft the trade deadline targets to make the best team. This way we could talk about the best players who might be on the deadline. And then segment number three, we're going to be running through the honorable mentions, the guys that we didn't talk about. So we're going to hit a whole bunch of trade deadline targets here today. But as always, Javi, I came prepared with my quarter and I ask you the question, sir. Heads or tails? Tails again, man. As always, let's do it. Woo. All right. 
This should be good. I don't have my mic stand today. Yeah. This is going to be and great. Is... <laughs> For the YouTube audience, it is heads. What? Yeah. Millard won today. <laughs> oh, man, you hate to see it. I think we're just going to go keep it simple. We'll just go back and forth. If we ever add a third host, maybe we'll do a sneak draft. But well, just mm -hmm. us two. It's probably just the easiest to just go back and forth. So. The criteria for this draft today, we're not going to do a whole lineup. These are the positions we're drafting. One starter, one reliever, one corner infielder, one middle infielder, two outfielders, a DH, and a wall card. So eight positions total. It's almost like a little fantasy baseball team that we're drafting here. So I have this whole strategy of building the best team possible. I'm not, you know, the first player that I'm going to draft here is not even the best player among trade deadline targets, but I have a whole plan here of building the best team possible. So... With my number one overall selection, this might seem kind of a surprise. I'm going with my corner infielder spot to play first baseman for me on my team. I'm going from the Chicago Cubs, Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger Ooh. is currently having a pretty nice bounce back season for the Chicago Cubs after looking like a dude who might be out of Major League Baseball by the age of 27, 28. He's currently batting over 300, has a near 900 OPS. He's got double digit mm -hmm. home runs and steals like mm -hmm. Cody Bellinger might just be back as a maybe not MVP candidate, but he might just be back as a all-star level player. You know, a guy that could be a top three or four guy in your lineup. So Cody Bellinger having this resurgent kind of season, I think with the Cubs, kind of flailing just having a whole bunch of dudes like i think the cubs should maybe be huge sellers at the deadline because they have a whole bunch of pieces that'll be perfect for other playoff teams i think cody bellinger could be someone they just slide into that number four lineup that could do damage both at the plate and on the bases i mean it's 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 a good strategy uh i'm going to critique <laughs> it a tad number one okay. first of all it should be mentioned that uh i might get killed in this draft because i was drafting uh, I was I, I put together my notes based on who I just thought would be traded, uh, and then that, uh, whoever got the most people right. So as a result, listeners, uh, I have a lot of like uh -oh. random players on my list, like Kyle Finnegan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm like, oh yeah, they'll <laughs> definitely get traded. So that's how I drafted. So I might get killed here, but I will say, uh, you killed me when I took a couple weeks ago Cody Bellinger in our other draft. When I was talking about most surprising no. players, you were like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever, man. He, he, he's better than nothing. You killed me. And everybody who listens to that episode, he's laughing. So he knows he killed me for that. And look at him now getting here late. This man is slugging 524. I would have drafted him as an outfielder yeah. just because I think he offers a little bit there defensively. Um, but even mm -hmm. still, I think you also made a good, uh, good chance a uh, good point here because there's not necessarily that many corner infielders that are that spicy no. uh, on the market, maybe per, uh, compared to the outfielders. So I do, um, uh, what's it called? Um, I do emphasize with that. So I think it's a great pick. It was probably going to be one of my first picks too, uh, because I just wanted to keep with the bit. Uh, Cody Bellinger shouts to this guy being back. He's almost definitely getting traded to uh, because of the contract. It's only like yeah. a one year deal. What team isn't going to want him? And he just bought him. He extended his career, man. Like this guy looked like he might be out of baseball the way he was hitting. I mean, he had a, like what a 28 WRC plus that one year. And then last year it was like a 70. Like he, he looked cooked and yeah. to, and for the Dodgers to give up on you usually says a lot. Uh, but in this case, he didn't. So I think it's a great first all of our overall pick, sir. 
Yeah, for the Cubs, I think they should be sellers, but someone like Cody Bellinger, who's only 27 years old and having this bounce back season, yeah. I think the Cubs should maybe actually keep him and maybe extend him for maybe three to mm-hmm. five years and just see. I mean, you, you could always trade him at the next deadline or you know a mm-hmm. year after that if your team's not good. But if you do sign him and he has another good season like this, next year and your team sucks, then he would probably have even more value as a player. So I actually think it would be smart for a team like the Cubs to sign uh, to sign Cody Bellinger and keep him uh, for a little bit. But I don't know if they'll actually do that. But who do you think is your first pick then, Javier Reyes? Uh, my first pick is based on just overall positional scarcity. Uh, again, because it doesn't mm. look like we are going to have that many really juicy guys at, at corner infield, at least from what I've seen. There, there's, there might be some player that I just forgot. It's totally possible. You can one-up me. But I'm going with Jaime Candelaria uh, of the Washington Nationals, um, which may be a little surprising. Uh, in a lot of ways, but he's been really good this year and no one talks about it because it's the nationals, right? Like nothing has been all that great for the nationals, but 121 WRC plus he's a capable defender, 2.8 F4. If you're looking for a player to say, maybe the Yankees, you got some questions over at third, that might be a fix for them. Maybe, I don't know, some other teams, maybe the Mariners a tiny bit, if they give up on Suarez, I think that he's probably going to get traded because the Nationals, everyone's on the board. Like I mentioned earlier, I had guys like Kyle Finnegan <laughs> that I was prepared to draft in this because it's almost definite that Carl Edwards Jr., who sounds like a NASCAR racer, guys like that. But um, I'm going to go with this dude for now because I just think that he's a pretty solid player that these are the type of players that smart teams grab and all of a sudden they were the actual best acquisitions of the deadline. You know, like what the Braves did a couple years ago where they just went out and acquired, who was it, like Adam Duvall, Eddie Rosario, those guys, and they ended up winning World Series. So, so Lair. I'm going to go with Candelaria. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's actually a pretty smart move. I think that's a great point by you. I think, because, yeah, you take Candelaria first pick, like, you just see it's like that's not sexy at all when you have so many yeah. other stars on the deadline. But, like, it's never the stars that make the difference at the deadline. Yeah, but uh, to your point, it's never the stars at the deadline that mm-hmm. make the difference when you make the deep postseason run. It's always those Steve Pierces and the Solaires and the Eddie <laughs> yeah. Rosarios who hit the big clutch home run, you know, late in games of the playoffs. So we're going to be like, oh, my God, who acquired Stroman or Scherzer or Otani at the deadline? But then it's going to be like Candelario that hits the walk-off home run <laughs> in game seven of the World Series yeah. Him, which is uh just crazy so yeah it was like a one-year flyer that the Nats took he's been playing really well and this is someone that hasn't really had like a fantastic career I mean if you look at Candelaria's mm-hmm. like last few years like outside 2020 hasn't done much so this could be a nice little sell high for the Nationals on a Candelaria but hmm, that's an interesting first pick Javi you know I, I don't know if I would have gone there you know just you know it, it's interesting I feel I great about I it I would have done that personally but yeah I'm not that's why I prefaced everything <laughs> I'm already I'm 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 cushioning the blow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at all with your strategy. I think for my next pick, you know, I could get whew, I could get really wild here if I want to. I don't uh you know, I'm I think for my next pick, I'm going to go to the outfield. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go to the outfield here. And there's a couple guys that I could go with. I'm still kind of debating between the stats this one guy has missed a little bit of time this year so i want to check in on how many home runs he has he's had a solid year i actually think i'm gonna go with a former one of your guys from the san diego padres who's having a pretty Mm. fantastic season right now just kind of having a really good year out of nowhere with the new with the new york mets um he's shockingly like been one of their more positive contributors he's got 
near double digit home runs and steals over 800 OPS bad near 270 just having a really good all around player he's not going to you know you're not going to be like oh my god breaking news we just acquired him at the deadline it'll probably give you more Candelario vibes but I'm going with Tommy Pham with my next pick mm-hmm. who I just like um there were some other outfielders that I had on here that you could maybe choose over a Tommy Pham but I think he's potentially having the best season arguably the best season of those outfielders he's a little bit older but he is a proven veteran he's had some really good seasons in his past so it's not a total surprise when he puts up a near 2020 season he's done it before so i think of the ceiling of these outfielders i think tommy fam might have the highest he might also have the lowest floor but because of that volatility volatility with his ceiling i think i'm going to take tommy fam with my second overall in this draft Mm, 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 mm. i like that i like that it was good. Thanks. That was probably my next I don't pick know as well. Okay. Because look, I had to look, fam, just so quietly having a great year. And it's it's just so weird that like after being quote unquote a bust for like multiple teams, right? Like he wasn't very good on the Reds. He was very much not good on the Padres, particularly his second half. When he got there, he was hurt and everything. And somehow he's been their most consistent offensive player, literally all year. 128, 128 WRC plus leads the team. He's got a good slash line. He still has always had a good eye at the plate uh, with not just his walk rate, but the fact that he doesn't swing at bad stuff. So he's a great uh, Candelario type of candidate. I agree. Um, I think that he's definitely getting moved. Um, it's, the, it's the one that makes the most sets. The Mets are even more out of it than the Padres, seemingly, at this deadline, to be honest with you. It feels like they're even more out. Uh, and I, I understand it. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think it's a great pick, man. Fam has been awesome. And what a weird arc that this man has had. You know what I mean? Like this guy has had a very weird, um, you know, kind of go of things, I guess you could say. Um, so, Hey, I love the pick, man. Very well. Well done. Oh, thank you, man. Who do you have for your next pick? See, part of me wants to be an absolute jerk and cheat. Um, and by cheat, I mean, picking Juan Soto. Uh, of the San Diego Padres. There hasn't really been any inclination, though, however, that he's going to be traded. This is all conspiracy and me based on the fact that I think it's weird that they traded their future for him, didn't extend him in the offseason, but then they were willing to shell out money to four separate players, making me think if things go awful, that they could potentially trade him if they wanted to, and that's what their thinking was. But I'm not going to be a jerk, and I'm not going to do that. Um because I just think it, you know, I, I just don't know how likely um, that is. Um, so instead, I'm going to go with a feel good. One that makes everyone happy. One who, if you're a fan of players having personality, especially superstar caliber players, uh, for whatever period of time there were superstars, this has been your guy. He's very funny. He had an alter ego on Instagram and somehow having a really good season for an underperforming team, but even still has been very good. And I'm going to go with him, I think, at DH. I think at DH. I, I, I imagine oh. he's only played DH this year. I'm pretty certain of that. I need to look at that, though, just to be sure. Um, I'm, I'm going to check that real quick. And you know it's DH. But... You can play any, it's almost like a wild card. You, know, you can yeah. put anyone at DH, really. Well, I check just in case. But I'm going with Andrew McCutcheon of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Okay. Um, I think it's possible he doesn't get traded. I wouldn't have drafted him in our trade likelihood uh, version of this just because – I think the Pirates might just be one of those teams that are like, screw it. He makes fans happy. We're going to keep him. Like, I, I think that that's the type of vibe that he has. But if he were to get moved, 
he'd, he'd go for a decent amount, and it's also just good vibes. Uh, he's been very good this year. Like I said, uh, somehow like one of the most consistent players on the team, absent Jack Swinski. You know, he's got 10 home runs. He's got nine steals, batting 267, 378 on base, 121 WRC+. Plus. Give me Andrew McCutcheon, uh, even if he doesn't get traded, because I think it's unlikely, uh, for the vibes alone. Uh, shouts to my guy. Um, just It's just so cool that he has had his best season in a while after getting back to Pittsburgh. Just really good uh, um, signing by them. Yeah, and I respect you not taking it Soto because, like, I had – softly written in like in very light pencil like nolan arenado and goldschmidt when i was doing this yeah. exercise but i was like cardinals are probably gonna be sellers but i don't think they're going to be trading i don't think they're doing a fire sale where they're trading all their yeah. star players away like they might trade away some of their fringe pieces maybe you know some other guys that we might discuss during this draft um that they could trade so i don't want to spoil anything too late i don't think they're going to trade the the, the goldschmidts and the arenados i could see some other players on that team you know some guys that have been struggling some impending free agents potentially get moved but that's why i I appreciate you not putting Soto on the list because you could just you could just fill this up with superstars if you really want to and just get crazy like yeah all of a sudden yeah. oh Mike trade <laughs> bench trade deadline targets too but it's like that's not very realistic so I totally appreciate you doing that and Andrew McCutcheon I mean just if your team acquired Andrew McCutcheon yeah he's thirty six but you're still going to be like man I get to watch Andrew McCutcheon in my favorite team's uniform yeah he might be past his prime but he's still putting mm-hmm. up a pretty good season and he's just one of those dudes. One of the guys that when he was in his prime was one of the faces of baseball. So even though he's a little bit past his prime, just seeing him in your favorite team's uniform, I just think would be a really gratifying experience. Like as a Lakers fan, seeing like Carmelo Anthony in my, you know, in a Lakers uniform last year, I thought it was a lot of fun as well. So I don't, I, I think McCutcheon going somewhere would be a lot of fun for that fan base. So let me put McCutcheon down in your little draft. Next up for me, I'm actually going back to the outfield as well. No one has taken a pitcher yet. I think that's because we both think the starting pitcher trade deadline targets are just super duper deep this Mm -hmm. year, and it's a little bit more scarce than some of the other positions. So I'm also going back to the outfield. I've already taken Cody Bellinger to be my infielder. Got Tommy Pham to be outfielder number one. Outfielder number two, I'm going with the guy from the Boston Red Sox who was acquired at a deadline two years ago to help the Atlanta Braves. We just mentioned mentioned him earlier, but I'm taking Adam Duvall, who has been a little bit in and out the lineup this year with some injury. But when he's played in those 35 games, 850 OPS, he's been a power guy. He plays solid defense as well. I think he's been a real middle of the lineup contributor for the Boston Red Sox. I just think he's a guy who... Yeah, he might. He, he's kind of a little Adam Dunnish. He might hit you like 220, 230 in terms of a batting average, but he also might hit like 30 to 40 bombs in a season and have that little done Joey Gallowish. I like, I don't think he's probably as bad as like a Joey Gallo in terms of his splits, but he's probably got a little Adam Dunnish in him. So I think someone like Adam Duvall, who plays solid defense and could just provide you pop in the middle of your lineup, especially from, uh, I'm pretty sure Adam Duvall's a lefty as well. Uh, nope, I take that back. He's a righty. So he could definitely provide you some <laughs> pop from the right of the plate if you need that yeah um love it love it pretty solid shouts to adam duvall um you know great guy when he was traded to the braves did some good stuff so what is your team currently right now my team currently is cody bellinger playing first and i got tommy fam and duvall in the outfield okay not bad not bad not bad i, I i'm a fan of it i'm a fan of it I'm thank a fan you of it. <laughs> I'm curious to see uh, how you build your roster now. Are you going to be the first person to take a picture here? What's going on? 
Where are we going, nah. Javi, with your next pick? Are you just going to nah. keep tailing me? Are you going to keep copying me every pick? <laughs> I'm going to go with, I think, I just want to make sure I'm not like oh, you split, crazy. You yeah. I'm going, uh, no, I'm going to put McCutcheon at outfield for now. He's mostly played DH okay, this outfield, year, okay. but we're going to cheat again. We're going to cheat here. Um, I'm going to get my DH. Um, and since there really isn't, again, you can kind of have anyone for DH, but I'm going to pick someone who's basically been purely a DH, and that's the the lone offensive good player on the Oakland A's. That's Brent Rooker, um, former Padre, okay. for like half a second, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think he was a, half, a Padre for half a second. I forgot. I th- I'm like 99% sure he was in the Chris Paddock trade or something like that. I don't know exactly, but uh, Brent Rooker hits for power, man. And sometimes that's what you want. Sometimes those guys can get hot later down down the aisle, down the year. Um, he has had some, a little bit of some questions where if he's just mashing on fastballs down the middle, you know what I mean? Like that might be something that doesn't translate uh, if you are to trade for him. I think he'd be a risky guy to trade for because a lot of his power is coming from maybe maybe capitalizing on only capitalizing on pitcher mistakes. Uh, with Brent Rooker, which is not bad. It's just that it shows you don't be surprised if, you know, facing some tougher competition, he falls off a little bit, especially with Oakland. Maybe he just looks better being in that lineup, but I'm going to go with it because I don't necessarily love any other pure DHs that are left right now. Uh, McCutcheon being the other one, but I put him in the outfield. So that's my next pick. That's very fair. Brent Rooker was definitely on my list. I think he should have been the Oakland A's representative in the All-Star game. Um, yeah. Brent Rooker has had a really solid season. He's provided the pop. He's got like a near OPS. I mean, I don't have a ton of Brent Rooker thoughts, unfortunately, because he's not someone that I watch <laughs> on a daily basis. And I don't think most baseball fans probably have a ton of thoughts on Brent Rooker. But believe me, if your team acquired him, just like the he's in that Candelario mode where you probably won't know much about him, but then you acquire him and you'd be like, dang, this dude hit some bombs dang this dude's kind of clutch and he's actually like a solid um everyday role player so i think brent rooker would actually make someone happy even though saw that ticker come across your trade deadline like oh my team acquired brent rooker like i don't even know who that is like you might not even realize who brent rooker is so uh go look up that name if your team acquires him you're definitely going to be happy as a major league baseball fan so rooker goes number six in this draft next up for me at number seven, I don't know if I want to go DH here. I have a guy in mind, but I, spiritually, I don't know. Just because his team is pretty good, I don't know if his team would want to move him, but he is an impending free agent. So I might just keep him on the back burner. Maybe we talk about him later. So I'm going to go with my middle infield spot right now. And we all talk about his teammate, Shohei Otani, being moved. But this guy is also a dude that could play multiple positions anywhere in the infield, pretty much anywhere in the outfield. He used to be a top prospect for my team, the Arizona Diamondbacks. He had a breakout season last year with the Cincinnati Reds before. I think mm-hmm. he was traded to your team, potentially, the San Diego Padres. I'm going with Brandon Drury here, who yep. can just do pretty much of everything. And once again, just having like another good season overall. Like last year, I didn't know... The, the season that Jury put up was kind of a fluke because it was kind of like he kind of had like a career year, like year seven, yeah. year eight, uh, which is kind of rare. But once again, Brandon Jury's having over 800 OPS. He's batting nearly 280. He's got almost 15 home runs. Just kind of he kind of does a little bit of everything. And after coming off a season where he hit nearly 30 home runs and had almost 90 RBIs, having another season like this, and he's only 30 years old. So we could actually be watching the 
the upswing of Brandon Jury's career. Maybe yeah. this is where he starts to plateau. Maybe he gets another 10% better than all of a season. He All of a sudden, he's like a 270, 800 OPS guy for the next three to four years. And he can actually be a true cog in the middle of your lineup who can play no like six seven different positions on the team pretty much outside of pitcher and catcher so brandon jury i'm taking right here with my number seven with the number seven overall pick in the draft hey man good pick it was going to be my next pick so you, you swooped him up from under me uh yeah i mean oh, okay. former padre again like how uh, long another we former are. padre <laughs> we are i mean look it's there's going to be some weird ones. And again, it, it is worth mentioning for listeners that the deadline is still like, you know, a little bit days out. Um, it's getting close and it's going to be yeah. what a lot of our content is based on, I feel, for the next week or so. But it's you never know. Right. Like a lot a day, of a day or two from now. Yeah, exactly. Like a day or two from now, there might be some other guy who's on the block and gets talked about more that we're, we're not totally familiar with. Right. Like we're only going based off of what we think is probably likely to happen or, or like the consensus trade deadline candidates. You know what I mean? Cause like, again, with my conspiracy theory on Juan Soto and what you were saying with iron Otto and Goldie. So that could have been a fun way to do that. Um, yeah. Good pick next up for me. I am going to finally, I think sort of maybe, just take the damn starting pitcher. I think it's about time. Okay. Um, I think. Just do it. <laughs> I think I th- just do it. it um, there's some, there's some elite pitchers available this deadline. I know that's the problem is that like I I'm wondering if I should even draft one because I think I can. Ah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go hobby mode. Um, I'm gonna take a guy who is severely okay. underperformed, okay. but I'm almost convinced whether it be through memeage or just my eyeballs that this man is pulling a James Harden. He does not want to be there anymore. And as soon as you get him out, he's going to let loose, not necessarily be a superstar all-star. He's never been like a superstar caliber player, just a very good player. He's certainly superstar in terms of fame. I'm going to go with Tim Anderson of Chicago White Sox. I think that this is a guy that many have called a batting average merchant, uh, that he's just ground balls and all that, but he does have speed He's been pretty heinous uh, is the problem, Uh, which is why I think he might not get traded because usually this isn't like the NBA. You can't just like, you know, you know, throw in the towel and stink, stink it up and still get traded based off past performance. But the way I look at it, this is a guy who's hit 300 basically like every year, the past three years. If I'm not mistaken, his glove has been poor, uh, but so is the team in general. And I really, really do think that this is the rare case where I don't want to look totally at stats. I just want to look at that situation's terrible and the team's been terrible outside of Luis Robert, basically. Um, his 144 WRC plus, he's been great. But I'm just kind of looking at, I think he wants out. And I think that that whole meme and that that picture from early on in the year when he was, um, you know, what they were like, oh, what did he say here to this player? I think it was to Jose Abreu, like, oh, I want to get out of here. And again, he has been heinous, but... Maybe, maybe he just gets moved again. 300 batter ever since 2019, 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022. He's a four to two upper fours player, uh, win player at his best. Maybe a team says we'll give up nothing for him. And I think, given that the White Sox haven't been managed very well lately, they're the type of team to sell low on a player, I think. Uh, so I'm gonna go with the White Sox to Manderson, um, just because it's fun. Might not get traded because he's been that bad, but I do think that if a team 
can just super buy low on a guy and a team beats dumb enough to sell low on a guy, I think it's the White Sox. I absolutely love that pick. He was going to be my next pick at DH just because I love the undervaluedness of Tim Anderson right now. He's having a really down season. But if you look at like him the last few years, the like the on-off splits with Tim Anderson when he's healthy and playing for the White Sox, like the White Sox are like a team that could win 95 games when Tim Anderson is healthy. And then when he's not healthy, they're basically like a 70-win team or like a 65-win ball club. Like it's night and day when he's on the field for Tim Anderson. And this year, obviously, he's been really bad, as you discussed. But yeah. that's why I think he's the perfect buy-low candidate for a team. Give him that change of scenery. Bring him in. And maybe he just turns back the clock where he's just the 300-hitter guy. Because you really haven't seen – like, it just hasn't been that Tim Anderson this year. He hasn't been able to run as much. And that's partly because he's not ever on base because of how bad he's been. But this is a guy who can – if you gave him, because he's the most games he's played in the season is 153 back in 2018. That was before he really popped. But Tim Anderson at his best could be like a 20 home run, 30 stolen base guy that hits you 300. And it just someone at the top of your lineup that's wreaking havoc against opposing pitchers. Obviously, he's struggling right now. But he's still not like super old. He's 30 years old. So, And mm-hmm. with how much time he's missed recently, I think he's a guy who's a little bit more fresh than most 30-year-olds we see on the trade deadline market. So I'm actually totally mad that you sniped that pick for me so that kind of <laughs> means that i might be putting my uh i might be putting my dh on the back burner for a little bit did you take anderson with your middle infield yeah i'm taking him with with a uh, middle infield get that done okay middle get that done okay so maybe i do want to just knock out the dh right now because i just kind of want to make you pick the first pitcher off the board i want you to take the first start <laughs> i don't know i don't you know jerk. If I take him. and i guess I don't know. I guess for wild card, we could put anyone in that wild card position, huh? It doesn't even have to be a position player. I totally forgot about the yeah. wild card. So maybe I totally forgot oh, about it too. Maybe I make. I that totally one. forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. I totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> that wild card could really be the big swing piece in this. We whole, totally uh, forgot about our own rules. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, you know what? But I'm just gonna go back to the pitcher market. I could take one of Tim Anderson's teammates here. I could take – because I thought you were going to take someone. I thought you were going to take a pitcher from Tim Anderson's uh, White Sox squad. Um, Mm -mm. There's two pitchers, really, you could take. One's a guy who's struggling, but we all consider, like, a tier one pitcher. But I don't know how likely he is to be moved at this deadline. The second guy in the rotation, I think, has a very strong chance to be moved. But I'm going to take neither one of those guys right now. The guy I'm actually going to take because I just love messing with Javier Reyes of Lockdown Pod. So I'm actually going to take a Padre as my first pitcher off the board. This is a man who I think still has that stink on him from his first season with San Diego. But if you look at his first half or second half splits, he was a 4-9-9 ERA in the first half, a 3-2-4 ERA in the second half. And basically three of the last four years, he's pitched under a 3-5 ERA. He's having a really strong season this year. Bring me home Blake Snell. Lefty starter Snell, not a ton of strong lefties out there in the Major League Baseball world on the market. Blake Snell comes into this season currently um, with the best hits per nine in the National League, a sub three ERA. He's got almost 140 strikeouts at the time of us recording. Blake Snell, I'm taking as the most coveted starting pitcher that you want on the deadline. Um, but honestly, there's so many elite starting pitchers at the deadline. You could you could tell me there's three other guys you would take before Blake Snell. I would I wouldn't even be mad at you. But because we're doing a crossover lockdown Padres, I gotta take Blake <laughs> Snell as my starting pitcher for this team. Yeah, I mean, he's great. 
right? Uh, he's been great. Uh, strikeout rate over 40%, basically over his last nine starts. ERA under one. He is catching fire at the perfect time as if he knows and wants to be traded. Uh, his value is through the roof. He's been excellent. And he's won a Cy Young before. He's done it big on the big stage, obviously famously in the World Series that they pulled him from. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that's probably the best available out of the rumored starting pitchers to be traded, I'd say, is Blake Snell because of that swing and miss stuff. Yes, he walks batters, but sometimes it just doesn't seem to matter. The only, the only gripe against him would be uh, is his defense. Padres, one of the best defenses in baseball. Is that covering <laughs> up for him just a tad bit? Yes, but I think it also doesn't matter because of the swings and misses where it's like, yeah, he needs some help there, but also who cares? Like he's also striking out like 14 batters a game. So, you know, shouts to Blake Snell. He's been awesome and he's super fun and you'll get some good interviews out of him. Uh, if he does go to your favorite team, trust me, it's been a delight for my next pick. I am finally getting a pitcher and I'm going with a guy who just screams intangibles. I'm not a fan of his, I will say not a fan of his, but I do think that he's an effective pitcher. I had a weirdly down year last year after making a lot of noise in the offseason of where he was going to go. But I am going with my first starting pitcher, Marcus Stroman of the Chicago Cubs. Writing seems to be on the wall yeah. there, right? Like it seems like he's kind of almost basically practically hinted at the fact that he kind of wants to be traded and it's been weird over there with the Cubs. So I think it's going to be Marcus Stroman uh, as the other uh, tier one starter. I think that leaves uh, for sure. ERA this year at 2.86. His FIP isn't bad either. 2.6 F4 if you want to go there. He's not striking out a ton of batters, but doesn't make a lot of mistakes, I think is the big thing with him. And he does have that edge that I think teams, particularly GMs who really buy into that stuff, are going to like. That he's the type of dude that you bring in there, immediately seems like a lion. He's going to rule the locker room. He's going to be a big voice. Um, again, I'm not a fan of his, but I think as a pitcher in a vacuum, he's very good. So I'm going to go with Marcus Stroman as my first starting pitcher. Yeah, and at 32 years old, I think it would make sense for the Cubs to trade a guy like that. Cody Bellinger, I think it would be smart for them to keep a guy like Marcus Stroman, early 30s. I wouldn't mind seeing him get moved. But real quick on Blake Snell, he's going to be an impending free agent, Javi. What do you think of the yeah. chances that the Padres re-sign him? Because, I mean, their roster is totally expensive. But Blake Snell's been their best starting pitcher probably this year. <sighs> AJ Preller, your best starting pitcher is the one that's about to leave. But, hey, good thing you locked up Darvish until he's, like, 45 years old. Yeah, um, I don't think it's happening. I really don't. I think that we would have at least had rumors if they were thinking of keeping him locked up. And they have so much money, too much money, committed to too many players, I think, on this team right now that I think it's unlikely. And that's why he's been such a popular name in trade rumors.